So where are we at on the move to Epic, the new electronic health record system? Let's find out with Dr. Mohamed Jokadar, Chief Medical Informatics Officer, and Rick Castile, Vice President and IT Site Executive. This is the Hero Podcast from UM Upper Chesapeake Health. I'm Bill Klaproff. Dr. Jokadar, let's start with you. Can you tell us why are we moving to Epic? So uh, let me tell you first about Epic Portfolio, which is a robust electronic health record system used by all hospitals within our University of Maryland medical system as part of our vision for one patient, one record, one ump. And actually, Upper Chesapeake is in the midst of a transition from our current platform, which is Meditech, to Epic Portfolio. In general, I'm actually glad that we are on this uh, platform because Epic is the preferred electronic health record system used by more than 250 healthcare organizations nationwide. And over 45% of the U.S. population have their medical records in Epic system. It actually has the best organization retention rate amongst all other EHRs, and it's ranked highest for provider satisfaction worldwide. So there's a lot of benefits there. More than 250 healthcare organizations nationwide use this. It has the best retention rate among all other EHRs, and it's ranked highest for provider satisfaction worldwide. So a lot of benefits there. Rick, we're going to turn to you now. Can you tell us what is Epic Portfolio? Sure. Glad to, Bill. Um, and a portfolio, um, as it suggests, is a range of products. So Epic in and of itself is not just one piece of software, but it's many applications or modules that are all integrated and work together. Um, so you, you have the Epic Ambulatory, which is used in our outpatient area, and your Epic Inpatient, which is used in our inpatient clinical areas. But you also have discrete uh, systems such as ASAP, which is our ER module in the Epic world. Um, you also have Epic Radiant, which works in our radiology or our imaging area. So there's there's more than two dozen elements that make up Epic that help cover all the various specialty areas across the the continuum of care of a patient so that we can help capture um, that patient's encounter uh, across the whole continuum of care. Right, so a broad suite of applications. And Dr. Jokadar, back to you. So what do we hope to accomplish? Can you tell us what is possible with Epic? Sure. With our focus always on patient and family-centered care, what we heard from patients that they're actually running out of patients. They demand a unified platform for them to access their own medical records, and Epic will be able to give us that using a patient portal, which is called My Chart in in my portfolio. Um, also, will give us access to innovative patient-centric care at every touch point. And one thing I want to highlight is our. Uh, use of integrated telemedicine capabilities within EPIC. What's going to be very exciting for providers as well is uh, robust mobile apps that are provided by EPIC. They're actually called Haiku and Cantu and spelled as H-A-I-K-U and Cantu is T-A-N-T-O. These are for providers to be 
uh, able to access Epic on a mobile platform. And there's an equivalent for that called Rover that is used by our uh, nurses. It also adds a byproduct and a benefit of our project. We're going to implement a simplified login using badge, tap, and go with single sign-on to be provided in all our clinical areas. And one other feature we're very excited about that also is a byproduct of our project is the ability to capture patient photos within EHR as an extra measure of identification for those patients. So it sounds like many possibilities, and I really like that patients will be able to access their own records. So, Rick, can you tell us what is the rollout plan for Epic? Sure, I'm glad to. And, and actually, this process started some number of years ago when Upper Chesapeake joined as a member of the University of Maryland Medical Systems. Uh, we were on different EHR platforms at the time, but Upper Chesapeake worked with uh, University of Maryland to start sharing some of our um, patient data uh, several years ago. So we've actually been populating the University of Maryland system for some time. Um, the advantages to that is that as we move over to that platform, a lot of that historical patient data will already be there for us to be able to take advantage of. And there's a lot of moving parts and kind of becoming part of a bigger system. So while Epic is, is kind of the cornerstone and one of the larger moving pieces in all of this, we're also moving over our um, active directory, which is our identity management for everybody in the organization, our email systems, and those things have already started. So up until this point, um, which is now mid-year 2019, we've been working on planning and discovery. I'm just trying to understand what the implications will be as we move forward. Um, we've got that part done so that now the team at university can start to build the elements um, that, that they've found that need to be built in the Epic uh, world for us to maintain our operations when we get onto the platform. Um, we'll soon be going into a hardware assessment phase where we take a look at uh, all the areas and the various uh, clinical and administrative functions that are carried out throughout Upper Chesapeake and determining what those hardware needs are and, uh, and addressing those. So we've been building up, um, and you can imagine it's a lot of work, it's a big lift, uh, a lot of coordination goes into that effort leading up to our uh, go live in March of 2020. That is a big lift, my goodness. And uh, so it looks like you've got a multi-phase rollout plan underway. So Dr. Jokadar, can you tell us about the UMS portfolio governance model? Sure, I'll be happy to. So UMS actually has 14 individual hospitals that belong to the system. And you can imagine that, you know, sometimes you will have different workflows and best practices at each hospital. So this model enable us to collaborate with each other through a governance committees uh, that are called uh, user design centers or UDCs. Our team members are going to be hearing a lot about those UDCs and these would be the platform for us to collaborate and share information and best practices and work towards um, standardizing our workflow. So they will have uh, providers, UDCs, nurses, and all 
or most of the actual uh, service areas will have a unique UDC where team members from several hospitals under University of Maryland Medical System can collaborate and share best practices. So remember that acronym UDC, which stands for User Design Centers. And then, Rick, what can you tell us about the IT shared services? So as part of this um, uh, migration and part of the advantage of being part of a larger system uh, like University of Maryland is that we're able to take the small team that we had here at Upper Chesapeake um, that kind of had to be masters uh, of all trades and leverage resources across the multiple facilities that make up the medical system um, and get folks that are very specialized in, in what they do. So IT is going to be one of those departments that become part of a shared services model so that whether you're doing EPIC here at Upper Chesapeake or at St. Joseph Medical Center or, uh, uh, or the medical center downtown, we will be all using the same platform being managed and maintained by the same group of folks. Um, so that helps us maintain certain levels of uh, sameness and quality and be able to measure across facilities how we're doing in terms of taking care of our patients. And so there's great advantages to being able to leverage that larger data set and larger view of the impact of systems um, than it is at a smaller smaller site. So shared services is going to be part of that migration along with, with our software of also uh, people and services so that we can, again, leverage that, those resources across a broader spectrum of, uh, of people. That is really exciting and going to be very, very helpful. So I know everyone at Upper Chesapeake has this question, Dr. Jokadar. Tell us about the training. Sure, I'll be happy to. So part of actually of the secret sauce of a good rollout and successful implementation of any EHR has two components. One is a great system configuration, and we're very fortunate that we're tagging on to an already existing platform with Epic Portfolio that um, our uh, folks at other hospitals have worked on mastering and refining. but on in addition to that, we also have to implement strong user proficiency, uh, uh, and that can, can only be accomplished through robust training. So training will start almost eight weeks prior to our go-live date, which, as Rick mentioned, will be on March 15, 2020. So eight weeks before that, early January 2020, we will be um, uh, offering classes for training for our providers and other team members. And then two to three weeks prior to go live, we're going to be offering what we call personalization labs, where, uh, where providers and team members can go um, and start tinkering around with their um, profile in Epic and be able to customize it to their needs so come day one of Go Live, they're ready to go um, and hopefully be well positioned to um, use the system efficiently. And that is the secret sauce. Great system configuration plus strong user proficiency equals 
the best outcome with successful implementation and adoption. So Rick, as we wrap up, can you give us your final thoughts on the move to Epic? Yeah, this will no doubt be one of the biggest things that Upper Chesapeake ever's undertaken. And with that, it's there's always a little bit of anxiety about change. And so um, we've been doing a lot of communications to make sure our staff understands what's going on and and using new platforms like this podcast here to help communicate those things out. And also having regular meetings with our leadership team and the departments that have been impacted. Um, because, uh, you know, change just evokes such strong emotional response. But uh, the thing to remember most about change and that we're trying to uh, encourage folks to look at is the positive aspects that come along with becoming part of a larger system and having those resources available to us that we've never had before. And so while this is uh, certainly going to uh, uh, be the... Um, very time-consuming. It's going to be well worth it in the end, and I think we'll see great benefits uh, once we get up and and stable and used to the new platform. That's a really good message about change and how a big undertaking like this can certainly create some anxiety, but everyone needs to pay attention to the positive benefits and outcomes that this is going to provide. And Dr. Joe Kadar, I'm going to ask you the same question. Can you give us your final thoughts on the move to Epic? Sure. My take on this, in addition to what Rick had said, that we have to recognize that EHRs are no longer just part of how clinical care is documented, but they're actually central to how clinical care is delivered. Ultimately, we need to move past the idea that the EHR is just an administrative tool and see it as a clinical tool, just like a medication, x-ray machine, or scalpel. So uh, the sooner we embrace that idea, that I think we would be able to leverage our EHR much better than currently uh, being done anywhere in the nation. That's a great thought as well. This is central to how clinical care is delivered. Well, Rick and Dr. Jokadar, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. It's good talking to you, Bill. And this is the Hero Podcast from UM Upper Chesapeake Health a podcast for internal communications. Check back for our next episode soon, and thanks for listening.